0: to episode 18, 18 of the Fantasy Fitba Pod, We're the podcast that talks about Scottish football through the unique lens of fantasy football. My name is John and I'm joined by a man who has just
1: become an
0: unofficial uncle.
1: <laughs> I have, yeah indeed, little Oliver, little, little Oliver David, um, this one's for you buddy. <laughs> five, days five days old, five days old. He is now five days old, fantastic. Probably better at pronouncing players' names than I am already. already. Some of, won't
0: run of the bone run family, <laughs> <Darkly>. yeah. <laughs> How are you today, John? Yeah, I'm well, mate. I'm well. Um, yeah, been uh, been what we've been doing. Well, I've been booming excited because the app has been updated. <laughs> Listeners, if you haven't updated your app, you're in for a treat. Get that updated right now and uh, fire away through the, the host of new statistics and features that are just, oh, get your
1: plums pumping. Oh, it's just, it's something to behold, isn't it? It really is. And they, they promised and they delivered, so good on them. We'll get into it, I'm sure. We will, we will. So on, so on this week's Scooby, now you ask.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking, uh, you know, we'll do a bit of news, but it's kind of been hee haw news this week. So, what we're going to do, listeners, and this is going to be our sort of run up theme until Christmas, is each week Scobie and I are going to discuss who has been in our Fantasy Football Scotland team of the season. So far. So far. So far.
1: Half season, in bracket. Half season. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll revisit this at the end of the end so, so in this episode we're going to talk about the goalkeepers and defenders We're going to back put them together Next week's ep we'll give you midfielders And the, win. The, the episode before Christmas we will give you the strikers To give us the fantasy fit by pod half team of the season What do you think Scobie?
1: Sounds like a good episode to me And, and we're into December um, and it's And it's going to be a bumper month as we talked about last week So I'm just, I'm just buzzing. I'm just buzzing. Christmas football, can't beat it.
0: Can he, can he beat it? And then we'll do our usual part two. We'll do a bit of game week review and then we will look forward with questions and answers. So, first on my agenda this week was the news that um, there was COVID-related news, as always, but this was quite big. It was that Kilmarnock and St Mirren were punished um, by getting handed three 0 walkovers against Motherwell and Hamilton, Scobie, what did you make of this?
1: Um, didn't really see it coming, to be honest. Um, we'd talked quite a lot, obviously, about we were suspecting there might be some fixture congestion towards the end of the year and the problems that might that might um, you know that might come with that. I did not think, however, that they would that they would resort to this. I think at one point earlier the season I did I did feel like that should be the case. Um but yeah it's certainly it's certainly kind of not blown the table open but blown the kind of mid table a bit open. I think and certainly at the bottom by you know dishing out three points where it's hard to see you know that Hamilton would have walked away with a 3 0 win and um, you know in, in, in the fixtures concerned for example. So um it's pretty big news.
0: Yeah, it's really big
1: news. I think it's a really dangerous precedent to
0: set. I mean, I think people can get COVID from all walks of life and not just car shares that these guys have been told that they're having. And from a purely fantasy football Scotland perspective, because that's what we always talk about on this podcast. It means yeah. a lack of double game weeks. That I, was oh. to. I know.
1: I feel robbed. <laughs> I know, we've won quite a few as well, haven't we? They, should, they usually yeah. sort of back up the end of the season. So. They're good fun, though. And it was sort of banking on some Motherwell players,
0: you know, for that second game. Yeah, uh, so I don't know, just
1: it, it's in it lowers thought. their value, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um moving on to Livingston, are still without a, te- a permanent manager, though they have made a move since the weekend after Tuna went over Dundee United uh, for Martindale, who's been awarded the job on a temporary basis until New Year. And uh, Scoby, I just shared this article with you from Ewan uh, Murray in and the Guardian before this pod. Quite, uh, quite a mental art article actually. Martindale's not really taken your usual route I would say to getting becoming manager of Livingston. Mm. You know didn't play a lot, uh, played a bit of junior football as a youngster and got involved in organised crime and uh, actually spent a few years in jail before coming out uh, and then slowly making his way through the coaching ranks and has now finally found himself at Livingston.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you should you get that out on the Twitters um, if people haven't read it. It's a really good read and pretty inspiring. I mean, the fact, is, it didn't really come from any footballing background either. It kind yeah. of started, you know, his coaching career started post-prison, you know, and he started, about really kind of kicked on. He was playing under um, you, you, know, some of the managers there. 2014 we're talking Um, but certainly one of the things that he seems to have been responsible for in the last couple of years has been their kind of transport policy we always felt like Livingston have made some quite smart moves um, in terms of recruitment and personnel none better than the saviour Lyndon Dykes obviously um, picking him up for Queen of the South selling him on to QPR 18 months later for uh, a million so yeah really cool Really cool. Nice story to come out of this year and um, I could definitely see him yeah. keeping
0: Livingston up. Yeah, we'll see how he goes. I mean, mm. yeah, he just sounds very humble and, you know, very happy where he is and appreciative. So, I don't know, it would be an interesting one to watch.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so and he gives as, a goal for him, which we'll get into.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And as we already alluded to earlier in this part, there is the new act. It was very exciting. Just a couple of their statistics oh. really jumped out at me, Scobie, and then you can tell our listeners their favourite. My big one was looking at um, goals conceded. So the app tells you who the exact player has conceded the most goals. In the top 12, the only two teams that were represented were Hamilton and Ross County.
1: <laughs> but, I, mean, I love the fact you, you when you first click on the statistics, and you go into the you know the page, it's a new bar there. Overall points, James Tavenier. Goals, James Tavenier. Assists, James Tavenier. It nice. <laughs> just reels them off. Yeah. Um, as you scroll down, most captains, James it's, yeah. uh It tells the story, but no, really cool. And they've kind of promised this with this sort of um, powered by Opta partnership let's call it you know which you see obviously when you open the app and whatnot but i'd always felt like those stats were either missing or not quite fully formed so really cool really cool actually i'd say this is a step on from you know where you are with the the even the fancy premier league app of course compared to that i like like i think it's really really cool what they've done yeah what else do you like about it
0: and uh, what else do I like about it? Well, I'll tell you what, and this is a nice interlude, because it helped me with my analysis of who my goalkeeper of the season is. Because <laughs> okay. in my head, well, the thing about goalkeeper of the season, or season so far, is that, you know, they can only be awarded clean sheet points. But I'm thinking on the fantasy football pod, we're surely not just not going for the keeper that's kept the most clean sheets, are we? No. So, I was looking at another cool one which was, which was Saves, and maybe unsurprisingly or surprisingly, the Hamilton keeper Fulton's at the top of that. Wow. But there's two other keepers in that top three that I think are vying for our position in Fantasy Fit by a Pod goalkeeper, uh, Scobie. I don't know if you disagree or agree with me here. Um. I hope
1: I agree with you on one of them. Okay,
0: so who, <laughs> who are you nominating in your team?
1: So, I think, so, right, so we're going to, as you said, team in team the half season um, we're going to do now in the for Progressive. So, for me, obviously John McLaughlin had a fantastic start to this season, but he was fortunate in terms of the fact that McGregor had his own various fingers and pies scenarios going on, which kept him out of the team. And, um, and the fact, he's playing in front of the best defensive line in um, in Scotland. So, yes, really good. You picked him up. You obviously got him cheap and he did very well. But for me, um, and I've stuck with him, so it's not going to be any surprise to anyone that's listened to this, um, it's probably going to be Seabrist um, at Dundee United. And I think your same stats back that up, do they not?
0: Yeah, completely, Scobie. He's actually the second top shop stopper uh, shop stopper. Stop, stop shopper. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, the, in the Scottish Premiership with 46 saves this season, I mean, he's been a bit of a revelation, I think, uh, as has old Benji. I think Dundee United have a lot to owe to him uh, this season, and quite frankly, I think he's been the best goalkeeper in the league, it's just a shame that, you know, you don't get the save points because I think then he would be in everyone's teams, whereas his current ownership is, what, about 15%, 10 15%. It's not quite as high. Uh, so I really like the Seagrish shout. Yeah, I, 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 I,
1: I think I focus quite a bit on value, and I think value has been quite reflective. Probably one of the best things about this app is the way that the values um, have increased, decreased quite. It's been got an active market, hasn't it? Um, so to use, use a financial term for you there and um, so I have liked the way he's bounced around he's actually if you look at his I couldn't find his starting value I think it was down about 2.4 million Um, but he's basically bounced week on week from game 12 to game 16 where we've also just been 0. 0.1 million every single week up 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 he's now 3.1 million Um, so really nice bit of business if you brought him in quite early he's added half a million on it uh, you know instantly which We'll get maybe we'll talk about value later, but um, this could be really paying dividends um, by the end of the season.
0: Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Um, I'm just gonna chuck one other name in the mix. So I, I I completely agree on your Rangers rotation goalkeeper policy here, Scobie, that both of them have been excellent, but you can't select one, so they're not in the conversation. You know, Celtic have been diabolical. I think Joe Lewis has had an okay season at Aberdeen, but I can't forgive him for throwing the ball in back of the net against St. Mirren last week in the League yeah. Cup. So he's out. So the other guy I'm going here is Marciano at Hibbs. Yeah. Who has uh, the third most saves in the league at 44 he's had seven clean sheets he's also had a penalty save only three goalies in the league have done that this season it's Lamal and Scott Bain other two
1: uh, he did course- miss a penalty though didn't he Oh no, way that was Mark- going oh yeah hey this is, this, this is it this is it <laughs> he's still
0: in my final line I'm <laughs> oh, not <laughs> Oh, sorry, mate. The the yeah, The mayor of Norwich. Because uh, so he, he saved four penalties against Scotland. He's, he been, a, he's been ridiculously good against Scotland in like the 12 times we've played Israel this season. We're going to see more of him next year in the World Cup. We are.
1: We are.
0: Uh, so I think, he, I think he gets a very honourable mention. But just because Kenny Mack did stick the goal, ball past him when it mattered most this year, I think for that reason we're sticking Seagrist in the back of the net for... Uh, in between
1: the sticks, rather. We're but, uh, agreeing on our first. Uh, yeah. Our first one, and love that. Very, very good. First name on the team sheet, segris Well done, son. Second name on the team sheet, I, I think we can probably knock out quite quickly. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> if we move on to defenders, we should talk about formations first, though. What? Okay. So when we we should say when we're naming these teams, we've set up a formation, haven't we? Each. And yeah. So, yeah, so what formation are you thinking you'll go with?
0: So, so personally, just with the way the scoring's gone this season, um, I'm thinking two strikers maximum because the strikers have been shite. And, actually, you've got most of your value, I think, in this game. And I'm pretty sure most people agree with me in defence. So, mm-hmm. I think I'm actually going to go with a 5-3-2 formation. What do you think
1: uh, is good? It's very good. I uh, agree with you. It has to be two up front. I have gone 4-4-2. Very classic down the line. Mike Bassett. 4 four four two man but yes okay so defender number one we'll say it on three. One, two, three. James <laughs> Yeah,
0: I mean th- this guy this guy I reckon could get injured now not play
1: another game for the rest of the season and still get player of the year yeah 100% and I don't know if anyone would reach his points total <laughs> I think probably. I think he'd probably still be top point scorer uh, yeah, insane, and I think we have to probably say now he is obviously our our nailed-on captain of the. Yeah, yeah. He's your captain in this in this half team. Okay, glad we agree on that. Who's your Who's your next defender? So, so I have I have I mean this is rather boring
0: again, and I've stuck with uh, Rangers and I have stuck gone with Connor Goldson. Yeah. Uh, he's been an ever-present in the Rangers defence. Yeah. Uh, which, apart from Tav, is the only player to do that, I believe. <laughs> Um, he obviously scored a brace at Parkhead, um, which was massive for Rangers as well. Um, but apart from that, he's actually not delivered any other goals or maybe had an assist here or there, but not a huge amount, but still just mental clean sheets mm-hmm. um, and, and a couple of goals. So he's he's in. I'm going to yeah. say that that's where my Rangers defenders are presence in this back four or five, whatever we decide on stops. Is yep. it with you or do you have a third Rangers defender? No,
1: nope. Connor Goldson is my second and final Rangers defender. Um, he's He's been immense. And a couple of goals as well to chuck in on top of it. Um, Yeah. They'll do well to hold on to him, I think. Yeah. They'll see if he's still here next season. Uh, Yeah. So that's that. Uh, that those are, are my two uh, swinging about to me then. So again, as I said, from a value I've looked at value quite a bit and It's quite telling as the values have risen and stuff. So, defender number three for me um, is going to be Tommy Hoban um, at Aberdeen. Uh, Started life, I think, about 3.1 million. He's now three and a half. Um, Nice rise. Goals, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Point scoring defender number nine on the year. So, pretty good with that. Um, In terms of Clean sheets, Aberdeen are what six? Um, I think he's played every single one of them. So, yeah, hobin has been great. Um, and I think if you got him quite early, yeah, you're laughing because it because it, it looks like. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's nailed on, and yeah, quite certainly cool. in December, you like you like Aberdeen's run. Although, right, well, and you know, by the by, they're not playing as they're not playing as well this past month. Um, but yeah, he's been great.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree with uh, your analysis there, Scooby. I'll come on to why he is so undroppable for Aberdeen in part two and we go yeah. through their game. Yeah, um, And I just say that you probably do want an Aberdeen defender in this f- uh, half-team of the season. And yeah. Considine is uh, fine. And Argentinian Malbecchi, he is... <laughs> He uh, hasn't delivered that much Taylor's a bit of a bomb scare McKenna's gone down to Nottingham Forest <laughs> yeah. So you are left with Hoban So yeah. we're agreeing far
1: too much here School. No, this is crazy I, I had no idea well, you We don't agree on much usually So yeah.
0: uh, No uh, So then my, my next thinking Was back to Easter Road uh, Where there has been seven clean sheets This season And I'm actually open to debate here uh, I think my, um, I'm leaning towards Paul McGinn because of his recent brace, and that just really got me quite excited. But I actually think the guy that could be better, just due to the increase in, in value, has been Hamlin. Mm. Or here's a, and here's a one that you know Josh Doig but just hasn't been starting enough recently. I don't think to to get in team
1: of the season. Oh, I think you asked me this question in game week eight. Um, Josh Doig's nailed on. Because, I mean, what, he was about half a million at the start of the season. So, yeah. if you picked him up and you were playing him, he was getting clean sheets for fun and playing. And yeah, so, he definitely would have been there. But I think, yeah, things have turned against him a little bit in the last few weeks. I've not actually gone for any Hibs player. But I can't disagree with you. I mean, they've got okay. the, They've got the second most clean sheets, don't they?
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I, if we're not going back five, I will take out – I will not put a Hibs defender in if that's how you feel. But so, who's your fourth defender?
1: Um, and I'm not just saying this after the other week's Captain Gaff, but um, oh, I've, <laughs> I've gone for my Reynolds nah, because he started life at you know lowly sort of 2.4 million mm-hmm. now up to three million. So, four clean sheets, the clean sheets have been coming more recently as well. Yeah, this weekend's I'm- like. Just sort of put put that aside for a minute because that's that's let me down. But I do think Dundee United look handy as we move. I, on. Do, I do
0: as well, but I'm just not sure if they deserve to be double represented in our back four or five, if you include goalkeeper. And I'm very happy with Benji Sears. Okay, I'll accept not having a Hibs defender in, and so I'll accept Reynolds. Reynolds, and I'll and I'll offer one guy here. And maybe we're going off too much about his heroics uh, for the national team. But he has scored recently against Celtic. And genuinely, Motherwell have looked pretty decent. Mm -hmm. Um, What about big Decky Gallagher in at the back?
1: Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind Deky. I'd like to see more from him, though. Yeah. How do I feel about that? I can probably agree. I mean, I think I felt bad. I kind of looked back and I was like, I'm not intentionally forgetting the cabbage, you know, from my from my heart's affiliation, I, I do think they have been you know, they have been pretty strong. I think if you actually if you have to do it on the on house the first half of the season being the argument is obviously they've got more points and that's probably why you go for one of the hips defenders and it is probably McGinn. Um but at this stage in the season, yeah maybe big Decky. Just to spread the love around. I will accept a back four if you take Decky. Right, I'll take Deke. I'll take Decky. So, Deke, Hoban, Goldson and Tav.
0: Correct. That's a good back four.
1: Maybe we might get slaughtered for that on Twitter. We'll wait and see. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Any honourable mentions? Well, you you can't not mention Lord Tate, right? You can't. Absolutely. Uh, Guthrie as well, who I know you've had throughout. um, Just because he was so cheap. Uh, and actually, if, if you look at his points, total, I don't think any Celtic defenders warrant yeah. mentioned. <laughs> I've, had, I've had the whole year, and, and he's just he's so disappointing. But for some reason, I can't remember myself dropping. Um, dolphin steals steals the year at the back. Popped up with 36 points, I think he's got. 2.2 million. He was 2 yeah.
0: million originally.
1: Yeah. Oh, 1.8. Just,
0: yeah, I mean, if you're talking purely value play, then he's definitely... I mean, we could have a bench and chuck a dolphin if you want.
1: Yeah. Good or to get some bench. Hamilton representation. They do always entertain. Okay. Prepare. All there right. Good. That probably wraps us up.
0: Welcome back to part two of this week's Fantasy Fit by Pod. We have now finished our discussions for the week on half team of the season. We will be back next week with the midfield. Scobie, I cannot wait already. But in the meantime, please <laughs> take us through uh, three games that really caught your eye over the weekend.
1: Three games that caught my eye this weekend. Oh, where do we start? Where do we start? John, I think you want to talk about Aberdeen. Coming off a pretty horrible month in November, wasn't it? The Hibs win, your only bright spot, uh, and just been put to the sword by Jim Goodman, St in the cup last weekend. So, retribution? Not quite. It's just it. No. Not quite. Johnny Hayes got you off um, to a good start. It was an amazing run uh, from Matthew Kennedy, I believe the term is. Amazing. Uh, Johnny Hayes on the end of a really nice header actually great goal, wing to wing stuff but it's all kind of downhill from there, pod favourite or former favourite, I don't know how you feel about now John Abika total nuisance throughout in the box um, and rifled a shot right onto Tommy Hoban's horns <laughs> penalty McGrath slots in um, his second in two weeks against the Johns, obviously one being in the cup 1-1 McGrath, let's just talk about him for a second. He's 3.1 million. Might not jump off the page at you, but he's taking penalties. He's playing frequently. You know, in this league, in this game, somebody that's cheap taking penalties, playing a lot. We talked about that little and patch that's coming up. Maybe McGrath uh, is a name to remember. Um, Yeah, just take take a note on him. Add him to the watch list, so to speak. But, yes, Aberdeen, another shaky and strange performance uh, turned on its head by Lewis Ferguson's two yellow cards. What happened? What was the story? What was
0: the story? I mean, yeah, it's been a bad month for Aberdeen, hasn't it? I mean, with McCrory and Ferguson out, and then they actually um, didn't start with a back three in this game, started with a back four, but then never started with a recognised right back. So both Shea Logan and Ronald Hernandez, I mean, free Ronald Hernandez, right? I mean, where has he gone since the opening day of the season? <laughs> His wife from Venezuela just cooped up in uh, in some flat in Aberdeen. What? What's happened to him? Uh, so neither of these guys started. So Tommy Hoban, to pick up on point in part one, was actually pushed out to right back, um, which I think says a lot about McInnes' trust in right backs, but also that he, needs, he really wants Hoban to play you know, he put Taylor at centre-half because he thinks Taylor can deal with the presence of John Obika. So that was all a bit random. I mean, it, it's difficult as well to, you know, the, the penalty is pretty harsh. It's kind of kicked at his hand. And then the sending off, I mean, it, that's it's never a second yellow.
1: Um it is a penalty. It's not one of these ones that just brushes his hand. I think it's, it's fairly clean on the hand. It's a pretty unpleasant. I don't think it's intentional from open, but it's a penalty. Yeah. Ferguson's the, first yellow card's bad. First
0: yellow card's bad. Second yellow card's, I mean, it's a foul of the other way. My, my but you didn't is, know what was
1: going on in the past
0: at all. My point is, I suppose, is what I'm saying is that there's a couple of big things that have gone slightly against Aberdeen here. And so I'm just wondering, and, they, and that may, how shite are Aberdeen? Or will they come back? And I'm trying to put a fantasy football Scotland spin on this. I think I'm basically at the point where what I would say is I wouldn't bring in any Aberdeen players at this point, but I'm not sure if I'd sell them.
1: Mm. So, yeah, Ferguson's not been anyone's favourite fantasy football Scotland player as he recently, COVID's not his fault, fine. Early bath on a cold night in Paisley, not great. Um, but you know, you can't fault how the run he was on. But I think a lot of people probably only brought him in three weeks ago. So yeah. he let you down. Yeah. I brought Constantine in, 7.3 million, let's not forget. Uh, not Considine, sorry, Cos- Cosgrove. Considine, oh be. yeah. Cosgrove. Um, and he's been pish. People mm-hmm. were captaining him in the double game week, nothing. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like, frustrating, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. Like, I think at the back, I'd definitely be holding on to them. I think Holborn, we've talked about it and you're not going to let him go. because um, That doesn't, well, I don't think that will be the problem, but it just seems a little bit off in the in the middle. It was poor, yeah. And they're, and they're not creating a huge
0: amount either, no. um, which is worrying for Cosgrove owners, um, especially. Hedges looked really bad. Hedges was a passenger at the weekend. He was really poor, so his form would be a concern of mine. I just think, you know, Aberdeen are missing a couple of players, Scott Wright and Molly Watkins in particular, from the start of the season, that were making them tick nicely. And they're not anymore. They're not, they're not playing. They're sort of playing like they were last season. So I don't really know what my advice here is. But, yeah, it's definitely concerning. It's been a really, really bad month,
1: really shite month for Aberdeen. Shite month. Good run of fixtures. There's no old firm in December. Mm. Maybe it can only get better. You said it, not me, Scoby. There's one team which December certainly can't get better for because I don't, don't there is any better getting, um, which is not a very good sentence for me, but I'm going to go with it. Uh, and that team is clearly Rangers. Um, yeah. We're going to touch on them. We've not talked about Rangers for a couple of weeks, so only right that we go back to our league, league leaders. Uh, away at Dingwall in front of some fans, which I just love that point to reiterate every time we talk about <laughs> it. Um, looking to... Looking to obviously continue their phenomenal starts this season. Um, County, though, coming out of their cup heroics against one half of the old firm. Probably thinking this could be an opportunity. Um, but no, not to be. Kent was really lively in the first half. I thought he was really good, actually. Got the move going for the first. Tav then feeds Roof. 1 0. Just standard stuff now, isn't it? I think Kent is actually unlucky not to get the assist for the second goal. Because he kinda plays this in to Tab. I couldn't quite see if Roof got a touch in it or something happened. But I didn't see anyone else get a touch and a significant touch in it. Um before Tav put it in. So Tav gets the goal. I think Kent should have had an assist. My point there. Yeah. But it was all a bit of a, a bit of a clusterfuck. Um so yeah, 2 0, Tab, Roof, Kent, everybody playing very well. I think Tav then should have had another assist. So this game was a little bit um Controversial for me. Uh, I think Tab should a second assist after Big Goldson strode forward, played him in, and he puts a beautiful ball in. It's the own goal, this one, the third one. Um, and yeah. Morris puts it in his own net. I don't have a clue how that's not Tab's assist because it's literally a cross. Is it not given, and, is it? And no, no, and Morris roofs it instead. No, he only got one assist and that was for, for the first goal. So i really like to understand why Kent's not got the second assist and why he's not got the third. Really strange. And I've checked, I've checked my stats. Please double-check it. Make sure I'm not wrong and making a fool of myself now. But I think there was a few things missed there. Maybe I'll write to them. Our friends. Um, but yeah, 3-0. I mean, it's just it's standard stuff now for Rangers, isn't it? And it's always nil. Um, and then and then final goal, it in to the Angels Wonder, Jermaine Before I think he was playing his 50,000th game of football or something like that and scored his 10,000th goal. I don't know, something yeah. like that. Um, right through the legs of Laidlaw not
0: nice 800th football match
1: wasn't it? 800th that was it yeah, yeah it's an absolute wonder isn't it?
0: Was mental. and actually
1: to be fair to me, a lot of people have come up to Scotland when they've been a bit past it, and people say oh you'll dominate they've not done that well and I'm not saying Defoe's dominated but he has still scored quite a few goals for I don't know what the tool is now but
0: it's quite it's kind of a decent sub to bring off as long as he's come up here happy that um you know he's come up here happy that he's not going to start. I mean, it's what what a guy to have on, what a guy to play in games up front that are against lesser opposition in the league that you know you're happy to start him.
1: I he that's be great, I imagine, having in the in the in the dressing room. Comes across as a good as a good professional, done it all, been at World Cups, done. You know what I mean? Like it's probably yeah. quite a nice thing for for a job just to have there. his old mate, he's old mucker. Um, yeah, four and What do you think of it? Sat so 14 clean sheets in 16 matches. These
0: guys have had more clean sheets than a long Dretsch be. <laughs>
1: That's straight out of the daily record, that. Unbelievable.
0: Um, but in all seriousness, there was a couple of things that caught my eye here. Right, Tav, you know, but we can't... Rangers are very really good. But what I'm trying to think is from a fantasy football Scotland perspective. Now, Barisic didn't start. Disaster for Scottish fantasy football owners. Because he's highly owned. Disaster for me. I've got him on my back. So that's really worrying. And this boy Bassey, young boy Bassey, he seems really good. Um, and Gerrard seems to once to give him the opportunity to play in games where he feels that he can give a player's rest. So such as this. So Barasic now has massive rotation risk, I think, on his head. Which makes me think, what do we do with this third Rangers player? Because we have to have three, right? And we've been trying to work out it the whole time. Another big issue was Scott Arfield didn't start. Yeah. Now he's been great as well. And I'm just, I'm racking my brains to think who the third option is at Rangers that is guaranteed to start. There's not really one. Is it, is it Kimar Roof? Is that where we're going?
1: I don't... Maybe. I mean, I... I So, to that bit, I... As I said this last time, I brought in Aribo, and I think Aribo will play. Seems to have nudged Darfield back at the team since he's come back in. He's always been playing, so... And he's quite cheap. Mm. So that's like a sort of two-hander. I think, yeah, in goals, you've got McGregor's probably back to starting, but McLaughlin played, what, two weeks ago? So they probably will rotate them a bit. You know, McGregor's like 39. Um, yeah, I've been, I have thought that about that. I'm not trying to sit here and be like, oh, you know, I, I mean, I'll that um, sort of thing. But, but to, it is risky having all three, having Goldson Tavern, Barisic. I mean, they aren't, I don't think they're going to have 14 clean sheets in the second half of the season. No. I hope you know I I I really don't think that's gonna be the case, not just because of the split and whatnot, but I think like I just don't see it happening. So you know Tab obviously because he just he does everything, going forward and everything too, having an element fine, but Barrensich, you're right, for rotating, and I mean if they do concede a goal, you just look like a bit of a mug, don't you? All those points down the drain. Yeah.
0: I agree. So maybe I think we're we're saying we move into midfield and the, the thing what you're saying is a rebo, at least he's very cheap.
1: Yeah, Ruth. I, I, I think. Yeah, take that, Roof. take that, Ruth. He certainly like, seems the the best all round. Uh, for for the system they're playing and everything, Ruth seems like the best fit. He seems like the best all round kind of striker this year they've had. Against Ittin Morales, to him, you you pick him, don't you? Yeah, agreed. Ross, County however <laughs> Uh Actually, John Laidlaw saying, you know, got megged on that fourth goal or. Through his legs, he actually had he played pretty well. It's a case of, sort of how a few keepers that are playing in French have played really well. They've had an opportunity to make a lot of saves, and they've made them, and they've also missed a few. Um, but yeah, he was unlucky. Ross Stewart, he's now missed seven big chances that's the most in the premiership. Thank you to FFS Scout for that stat, it's a very good stat, and I really liked it, so I'm including it. Um, but yeah. Really bright start to the season for him and it's turning into a bit of a season to forget. Especially you think Oli Shaw, he's been the one that's been kind of getting some goals in the cup um, and in the league. I think he's got about 4-5 in the last few matches. He was injured, so that's why he didn't play. But, you know, he'll be back. I don't think it's a big injury. So you keep an eye on him. He's about the only one of interest for me on that side of things. And, um, and, and word on Ian Vigors has to be the dirtiest bastard in the league. He, he must be. <laughs> should a starting man that in the new app. It must be. <laughs> his own section I and mean, he fouls as in Yeah, he Yes, he's he
0: just <laughs> but it's also it's not nice to foul well, he
1: he's got the most he's got 35 fouls he's
0: just he's just I mean it's the it's the style of them. they're so aggressive and horrific like he was never getting the ball
1: <laughs> yeah he's like the Roy Keener thing well isn't he and, uh, anyway <laughs> um, on to yeah. our final game and this was an interesting one for me um, Motherwell facing off against Hebs which definitely was one of the more sort of tantalising games that you had there. Because um, quite a lot of the games were, it was funny, weekend this, uh, game weekend, felt like quite a lot of one-sided games and then they all ended up just getting blown out of the water in the other way. Um, so it was really interesting, but Motherwell-Hibbs, you knew it was going to be quite a good contest. Um, Motherwell rightly would have fancied points here. Um, both Motherwell and Hibbs coming into this with not the best run of form, draws and losses, mostly, um, but yeah, starting off, Paul plays a lovely ball in, headed across the face of the goal, slammed in by big Bevis Mugabe, who's quite a popular, um, quite a popular selection for people. Mm-hmm. And then, really oddly, that's judged have being a foul. Uh, was you harsh. Goal. Did you see it? It was, it was mental, yeah, really harsh.
0: Um, I thought this was an excellent game, mm. yeah, really exciting, really exciting. Motherwell will feel hard done by. I thought they created a lot, looked really good, and on another day easily could have gone another way. and Hibs will look at it as a great, great clean sheet to to have got here. Just a word on form, Scobie. So Celtic, Hibs, and Aberdeen in the last six games, the form is absolutely identical. One, two,
1: drawn three, and lost one. There we go. It's get away. Yeah, it's, it's it's um it's tight around that kind of around that section of the league interesting to see where it goes and um, back to this one so yeah I say 60 minute pretty much deadlock definitely chances exciting game Nisbet that man again creates a really nice chance out wide I think that's just a expression of him as a player just he he, he pops up all over the pitch he's always doing things which is what I find really that's exciting. the bit where he's chased back to win the ball yeah in the game, yeah, so I mean, that's, that was, that's for the first, I think. Yeah, yeah and, then the, and then he's so
0: got the left wing. It's absolutely outstanding work, and it, it really makes me want him to be called up to the next Scotland squad to see a guy do that to have the hunger yeah. and then the end product of it. Um, and and punishing what Tony Watt was pretty um lackluster in his finishing in this game, wasn't he?
1: He was very lackluster. This bit creates that chance though. Holberg crosses and then Martin Boyle finally finally scores um, that was his first goal or assist in eight game weeks, quite a few people I've seen have gone on real dry spells in, the, in this league since you know a bit of a hot start and, and Boyle's one of them, and he's quite expensive ball too, we've talked about it and we kind of discarded him, so that's an interesting one gets the goal, well done sort of if you held on to him um, Bevis Mugabe and then popped up again at 1-0 uh, header off the bar um, and then a bit of a blitz uh, kind of that blitz is going to continue from Hib's uh, goals from Dodge, who came off the bench and also Stephen McGinn, the other one <laughs> <laughs> not Josh not Paul how obsessed they are with McGinn's at Easter
0: Road there's a great tweet actually on the uh, Simpsons SPFL account which is worth a follow uh, for anyone and uh, they say all the, all the Simpsons children uh, on the street from the school asking Mrs McGinn if she's have, um, having any more kids <laughs>
1: <laughs> so good and they all look so alike yeah. just all like an inch or two taller or smaller than each other but they absolutely <laughs> that same couldn't tell them part of the line up um, McG- Steve McGinn's goal um, was set up by young Jamie Gillen who? Fun fact for the listeners: went to school with us. He's about eleven years younger than us or something like that. But he did. And his big brother coached us at football. I believe once upon a time, did he not? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Big steve And um, so yeah, that was it. Entertaining game, but big win for Hibs. Um, yeah. Going into this December run, it's a big win. It's a, it's good for them and good for if you've got their assets, you're going to be excited about. It.
0: I, I just say a word as well, I thought, you know, as mentioned earlier, I thought Motherwell were pretty good in this game. And was, you know, so it was a well professional job from Hibs, but on another day Motherwell could have done well here. So I wouldn't be too disheartened Motherwell um, owners of players from this, um, judging by the, the actual game itself. On another day, it could have easily been, you know, Tony Watt could have been in amongst the goals. They could have had a clean sheet and we'd all be worrying about Hibs. But just one of those, is they're two decent teams, that, you know, Motherwell
1: will be up there for third, come end of the season. Definitely, definitely. Um, I couldn't agree more. Um, we'll, we'll fly through the rest of them, um, three of the games on the cards, Celtic, um, as I'm sure you wouldn't have missed, their miserable run, continued at the hands of St Johnson. We did tip that, we tipped St Johnson for possible success, I think we said they might even win, but um, we did tip it last week on the pod, if you listened. Um, and, it, I mean, it very easily could have been a St Johnson when Chris Kane's opener, courtesy of some, some good work from Stevie May, who who seems to be in a bit of a purple patch at the moment, just found his mojo again. Uh, it, was a, it was a lovely goal, absolute beauty. Uh, for all of Celtics, I think there's 17 shots on target. Uh, 17 shots, sorry, five only five of them were on target. Um, but Ellie's big, looping heather salvaged a point. Christie with the assist. Um, Point and Johnson May was looking great, but Guy Melamed, who we did t- speak about um, a number of weeks back at the end of the transfer window closing, he is now seemingly fit, healthy. I think he's got 60 minutes there. Uh, he's back, so will he fulfil that promise? Competition for places hmm? at McDermott Park. Very much. So he's 4.9 million for reference. Uh, is it officially start, uh, time to start worrying about Kamwanek? Oh
0: God. We have been worried on the horizon for a while and they've actually got a pretty not a nice fixture list coming up because yeah. they've got Celtic, Aberdeen and Dundee
1: United. Yeah. And this yeah. was the this was the sort of get right, like, you know, yeah. this was just a win, wasn't it? When yeah. you looked at it. It's difficult. It's like it's like what we were discussing with Aberdeen earlier. It's like,
0: you know, Kumara have had a number of sending offs this year. I think that was their fourth or fifth sending off of the season. So a lot of the times it's actually difficult to know what this Tom Kilmarnock team is. One thing I would say is Alex Dyer needs to get his discipline sorted. Yep. Um, but, you know, when you've got Nicky Gabamba playing
1: the left wing of a 4-4-1, like, what? <laughs> what, what Do you know he's tied, with, um, he's tied with... He's tied with for the most FLs in the league. 35. Yeah. Gabamba. Um,
0: Gabamba. Mm, anyway. But yeah, I'm, I am more a bit worried about Kilmarnock players. I think Kilti... Has, has run its day as Fantasy Football Scotland relevance. So I think there's better value in there. You know, you, talk, you were talking about McGrath earlier at St Mary's. On penalties, 3.1 million. Kilty's about the same price, you know, not playing, sitting on the bench. That's, a, that's an easy swap for me.
1: Well, hold that thought. If we go back to this game, Kilmarnock, as we've alluded to, it did not go their way. Dick Kimona got a red card very early on. Uh, another man who's in and around that bracket who I would definitely start to consider, Ross Callahan. Yeah, he's fourth goal in seven games. Wow. And I say this with the utmost respect, but I've kind of like, and I and I and I think I'm just saying this because I wish I bought him in earlier. But he's, I I kind of think he's basically sort of like an Aldi Lewis Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> he brings Hamilton, he takes penalties, he's in and amongst everything. He is. Lewis Ferguson, level, next Lewis Ferguson came from Hamilton, won't you remember?
0: Uh, Callahan actually missed the penalty early on in the season as well, didn't he? Yeah, so he, he did miss. it back on pens. Uh, I like that shout. I mean, Hamilton are a
1: strange one, aren't they? We always talk about this. Do you want a really fun fact? Right. Oh, I'm giving it away now. Celtic Rangers have only failed score in one game this season each. Yeah. Two teams are sitting behind them have only failed to score in four games. Guess who they are? Well, so you me Hamilton, which is just wild. Which is just wild. Yeah, yeah that is mental. And the other one's Aberdeen. Oh, we'll hang around. Yeah. Aberdeen. Yeah. So the Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, and then Hamilton. The, and then, and behind that, you know, fifth, uh, five games, heads, blah, 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 keep going down. Four games they failed to score. So they're scoring goals. That's not yeah. a problem. Yeah. Mental. Um, Callaghan, I like that. I like that shout. Exactly. They're scoring goals. Callahan scores a lot of them um, and we never count Hamilton out. So keep an eye on them. And then uh, final game, uh, we've talked about him a little bit earlier. So yeah, David, David Martindale's first game as caretaker manager for now. Um, a fine start. 2-0 uh, over Dundee United. Really surprising as well. I, I was a bit shocked at this one. I thought, you know, I could have seen a draw nil 0 or something, but I, I really did think that it would be another a clean sheet for for my United boys in the back. Uh, really nice goal from Scott Pittman, who is, um, I think, by far and a long way there, beating point scorer up top. Um, and then Marvin Bartley, their captain. So still no sign of goals for Shankland.
0: Um, no Nicky Clark in this game as well, who was injured for United. So that was a bit of concern. Of course, yeah. that Twitter uh, thread uh, poll that we ran last Friday that went viral. He was voted the best value striker in the game at under five and a half million. Our friend Nicky Kabamba just coming in second. Um, yeah, I thought, yeah, United, it's really disappointing. It's the unpredictability of Scottish football of sides in and around the bottom six. Mid-table will take points off each other each way. What a bit of acrobatics for Bartley for this. Loved it. Oh, love it. I loved his comment after the game saying that one was for the fans. <laughs>
1: I think uh, it's a good way to end it. Section two, review of the week, done.
0: Hello and welcome back to part three of this week's Fantasy Fit Bar Pod. We are here. Chat and shout about Scottish football. Once again, Mr. Scooby, how you feeling? You all set for a little bit of QA from the Twitter sphere? Oh, I always am. I always am. Uh,
1: yeah. Hit me. What's up first?
0: Hit you, hit you. We've got Maz. Um, he's got one of the wee Santa hats. You'll notice on Twitter, guys, that we've now got a Santa hat on our Twitter because it's December and we're feeling bra and Christmassy. <laughs> uh, Maz is asking about Lewis Ferguson. That's the real Lewis Ferguson, Scooby, not the Aldi. Or not Lidl. the Aldi
1: version. Not the, yeah, not, not
0: the Aldi version. Yeah, that's it. So he's raised actually a really good point. So not only have you got Ferguson suspended for a game because of his uh, double booking, however unjust that was at the weekend, but he's also one yellow card away from another match suspension. So Maz is basically wondering, is it time to dump Fergie? And if so, you can't just sell him, Scobie. You've got to tell
1: me who you're buying. Oh, it's a tough one. Uh, I'm not going to sell him yet. No, because reason being, I I really like Aberdeen's run in December. And, you know, nobody could have expected him to have delivered the value that he has done. So if you've had him in for a while, the value's already gone up. So you've done well from that. He's going to still be on penalties when he comes back. He's still going to play when he comes back. This is one game, but you hopefully have enough depth in your squad to rotate that. I'll leave it at that. What about you? Because you maybe have something in your mind that you might swap them in for.
0: Well, this is where I'm thinking, coming into our argument, that it's time to, to pivot away from the Rangers' back three due to the rotation risk. And if you wanted someone similar price, then Joe Aribo at Ibrox is a man that's priced yes. slightly cheaper than uh, Ferguson um, would be a pretty good straight swap, I reckon. Yep. Uh, yeah, fair I'm, enough. I'm I would say that too. Yeah. So, yeah, moving on uh, is, there was another question on the Twitter sphere. Yeah, just basically being concerned about Kilmarnock and how worried we are about their, about,
1: about their fixtures, Scobie. Um, yeah, I'm really worried about their fixtures, but I am worried. <laughs> I'm twisting this question slightly. When I look at my team, yeah. I have got Kabamba, Shankland still and okay. Cosgrove and I'm not really I have no confidence in any of them
0: yeah
1: right now Um and I don't you know and I would happily dump them all I've been looking at you know ways that I could retain my team for next week I actually really quite think that Ryan Christie wouldn't be worth it wouldn't be a bad investment at this stage in season I just think for some reason that Christie's going to go on a run He's got a hat trick in him in December or something. That's it. Really,
0: quite think it. So that must be it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I just think that's
0: It was an excellent ball in for his assist at the weekend.
1: Yeah. Like
0: that a lot. He's also taken the second most corners in the
1: Premiership this season. Looking, he's played well for Scotland when he's been playing for Scotland and. uh, you know, uh, they their. Sorry, we're twisting this question completely, but their question their their strikers aren't really doing much. So, you know, I was always thinking to dump somebody up top. It probably have to be Cosgrove to bring him in. I think I've got to stick with Cosgrove, but yeah, I'm looking at Shanklin I'm looking at Kabamba, and they're not returning me much. So, um, they are so, probably on. So, money. what are you
0: doing this weekend? Money on the tables, go be cock on the block. What's the transfer for you this weekend?
1: Well, I've got enough money that I could bring in. Um, I've got point eight million in the bag so I could bring in this, but. Um, for Shankland unfortunately not for Cabamba yeah. so I think that's probably got to be the one because oh, Shankland just you've just got to give up on him at this point so Kevin that's i Nisbet. Kevin Nisbet's now
0: the highest owned player in the game
1: We've that focused. was really interesting yeah I saw that on the statistics very very interesting mm-hmm. did not see that one coming yeah, I suppose. But yeah, will probably really hold on to Kilty. Um, he's cheap enough that you can hold on to him too. But I don't think you can expect much from him. You start saying forget anymore. No. I yeah,
0: it's interesting. I'm just trying to work out what to do with my team. I think yeah, I awesome might. Take, I think I'm taking Kilty out. I think that's going to be it. And I'm either going to go with your shout of Callahan, or um, I'll stick in St Mirren's McGrath. It's not very exciting. The problem is, is that to get that. To move away from Barisic, I have to take a minus four. Yeah. Cause it has to be two subs to get out into you know you've yep. got to do two transfers to get yep. the pivot. But, but, taking a minus four is just part and parcel of Arsenal this game, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. <coughs> All right, so you want to give us an update on the fantasy
1: fitback yeah. of this league? So um it was a. Uh, Pretty level week all round. Uh, for most people, it was all around that 60-point mark. I got 60 points. You got 56. Everybody was there or thereabouts. The top scorers, there was two of them. It was Watton Sambat. Uh, Manager is Sukade. I th- I'm hoping Sambat is not another the reference to Peter Crouch's Indian. Um, uh, it was him, anyway. And Bayern never losing. Matthew Saunders, both on 69 points. Well, then, both of them. And then, John, drumroll, please. We have a new leader. Oh, my God. Cabbage and ribs. Paul Kathgar, who's been up and around the top of the table for most of the season. He is now top of our league um, with 926 points. He has ousted Asika Jordan, who's been there basically all along. Um, and he's got about a 15-point gap on him. So, well done, Paul. Um, now top of the table. Fantastic. How exciting. How exciting to have a new
0: leader. It's topping and t- changing. And there will be a trophy at the end of the season. There will be.
1: We're getting made. We're getting it sent to you wherever you are. Um, wherever you wherever are. And, and then I just, uh, one final point. I would had a loop back and I'll maybe get you to do this for next week. But um, uh, one for maybe less than stuff. look into the value of your team. It was something that we got looking at um, earlier. I think Sutty got us all doing it at the start of the season. Um, if you sell all your players, you can see what your value is coming to. So let's bear in mind, we started with 60 million transfer budget. I think after five or six weeks we did this and I was on 61.8 million. Um, my team is now worth 65.8 million. Wow. So that's in about eight or nine weeks and like four million has been added. So it just does go to show in this game the values are moving all the time. Mm. Um, and I and think... Be at this point, listeners would
0: ask, what does that get you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what does it get you? can probably at least get you against you in like three rangers three aberdeen three you know it can it can get you don't have to be mixing in a cheaper player or a player from you know a, a, a lower end of the table club mm-hmm. so that's, I think that's
0: especially important. important when you use that wild card at the end of the season yeah. that's when you'll really see who has the high values because people will be getting teams that are worth 67 million million-odd, 70 million pushing with yeah. their they're wild card, so no, it's a great thing. Mine, I'm a bit off you, Scobie. I'm at 63.7. I still mean, that's
1: that's almost you know, four million increase. That's brilliant. Mm. So it's, it's it's good, good fun, good to keep hold of. Uh, find out what yours are. It'd be interesting to see if anyone's higher than you know, if anyone's up in 66 million, let us know on Twitter, please. Quality, all right, all right.
0: That, went, that went quickly,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that flew by. <laughs>
0: thanks for listening as always listeners and please do keep going at us on twitter at fitball pod all 900 of you now following us it's tremendous keep engaging we love it
1: thank you very much guys cheerio